0: Hello and welcome to the Silver King's War. I'm Michael Severs, the writer, producer, and creator of this podcast series about my father's Second World War as a B-26 bombardier. Today we begin the letter's dearest ones as the Silver King has arrived at his installation north of Paris at A-72. It's October fifteenth, nineteen 1944 and he writes, "'Dearest ones, "'I had begun to think we would never reach here, "'but at last we've arrived safe and sound. "'So much has happened since I left the States. "'It's hard to go back and remember all I have been through. First of all, let me ease your mind by saying "'I'm fine and never felt better. "'Outside of just being in the Army, "'I couldn't complain about a thing. "'I do hope you haven't worried because of not hearing from me.' You should have guessed I was on the move. However, now that I have reached my permanent station, I promise you shall hear from me very often, or as often as I have the chance to write. Also, I beg of you to write often. As yet, I haven't received any word at all from you since being overseas, and I suppose it will be quite some time before it catches up with me. At any rate, Please keep writing so when it does start, it will be continuous. You'll find my new APO and complete address at the end of the letter. Up until last night, I hadn't slept in a bed, had a shave or a shower in over a week. Believe me, things were terrible. I did things I thought I would never have to put up with. One thing for sure, the infantry has nothing on us. Now, though, since I've reached my bomb group, all has changed. It's really nice. I mean it. The living quarters are good, and the food is excellent. The fellows are all good Joes, and we're all one big happy family. We're somewhere in France, where I don't know. But just 30 days ago, the Germans were here. In our quarters, we're living seven men to a room. We have a big stove and... Now a radio. Right now, Jimmy Durante is on, which makes it even more difficult to realize I'm out of the States. So far, I haven't seen much of the country, just a lot of mud. I suppose all or most of what I do see will be from the air. I'm sorry to say Bill isn't with me any longer. We were together until our last stop, and then he went to a different group. He isn't far from here, so we will probably get together. At this point, I would like to make a request. Cigarettes are rationed here to the point where we get only four packs a week, one razor blade a week, and a bar of soap every two weeks. So if you would, I wish you would send me some cigarettes, blades, and soap. I'm happy to say we get whiskey here. Of course, it's rationed, but at least we get it. I can get a fifth of scotch and a pint of gin every month. And last night I had my first drink of scotch since I left the States. It surely tasted good. We'll close now with a promise to write again tomorrow. I do hope you're well and not too lonesome. Please write with my new address. It shouldn't take long to hear from you. Keep well. Love to Ida. I love you and miss you, Stan. Care of Lieutenant S.L. Silverfield, 0 765 449, Bomber Squadron, 397th Bomber Group, APO 140. Care of Postmaster, New York, New York. Stanley's mid October letters reflect his commitment to. Very thorough writing home. It will keep him busy and keep his parents satisfied that he's safe and doing his job. And he writes from A72 on October 16, 1944. Dearest ones, I had intended to write you a long letter today, but due to the shortage of stamps and stationery, this must suffice for it. This is such an outpost, there is quite a shortage of almost everything. Which reminds me, in your next package, please send along with stationery and stamps some sorts of food. It seems that meals are far between, and I would appreciate some cookies, candy, and foodstuffs. Also, you might add a couple of washcloths. I surely would appreciate it. Outside of that, I'm feeling fine, and right now I'm drinking Mom's Champagne, 1939, and and black-and-white scotch. So you see, I can't complain. I still haven't received any mail, but please keep writing. Stan. Our hero, understandably, has a real thirst for news from home, the letters he finds comforting and informative, his last letter, a brief one on Vmail in discussing his drinking, comes right before a very long letter dated october twenty first, nineteen forty four. Dearest ones, please forgive me for not writing these last few days. It's difficult as all hell to obtain writing material around here. There wasn't even a V mail form to be had. That, and for no other reason, is why I haven't written. I'm really terribly sorry if I caused you unnecessary worry. I'm feeling fine and in perfect health. I'm hoping that this finds you the same. As yet, I haven't received any mail from the States, and it is quite disgusting. You have no idea how much I miss it. And just to make matters worse, mail comes in here only three times a week, This place is a real outpost. This isn't exactly the fanciest stationery I've ever had, but as long as it serves its purpose, I suppose it's okay. The only reason I have it is because I went to a small town near here to buy it. It comes direct from a French 5 and 10 store. Two other fellows decided to go in early this afternoon with hopes of finding some stationery and perhaps... I'll do a little shopping. The town is about 15 miles from here, and since there is no transportation, we had to hitchhike both ways. It wasn't difficult to get a ride because there is usually some form of military vehicle on the road. We found the city quite interesting. Of course, all the buildings are very old, and four years of war is evident in all directions. All the streets are small, and and are made of cobblestones instead of asphalt. The people are of two generations only, one of the ancient generation and the other of the generation to be. You see nothing of the modern youth. Their dress is mostly just as you would imagine the French to dress, only perhaps a bit more shabby. You see a great deal of tams, berets, And boots, most of the low-cut shoes, have wooden soles. Their mode of travel is mostly by bicycle. However, there was one trolley line which was surprising. I suppose the few autos is due to the shortage of gas. Summing it all up, I would say the country as a whole is far behind us in modern living. Of course, my opinion might change once I see Paris. One thing that did surprise me is that there were no signs whatsoever of German occupation. It has probably been removed, but I had expected to see some of it. All the stores are practically bare. I saw nothing that I might be able to use. Mother, I tried to buy you some perfume, Chalamar or Chanel Number no. 5, but there was none to be had. The sales lady promised to have me some next week. You should see me trying to converse with the French. I surprised myself as I did quite well with it. The two years of it I had in high school is slowly coming back to me. As it turned out, I had to be the interpreter for the three of us. I received quite a kick out of it. We stopped in a restaurant where we hoped we might get something to eat. As it was, we don't have ration points, so weren't allowed any meat. It isn't like the States. One must give up points, even in a restaurant over here. However, we were served mashed potatoes, beets, soup, and bread. I'll probably turn into a vegetarian before I leave here. Another interesting point is that the French people drink no water at all. Their beverage is strictly wine, beer, and champagne. It makes you wonder how they live without it. There are two distinct instances I must tell you about. One has a bit of humor to it, while the other is perhaps a little sad. I'll begin with the sad one. In one of the stores in town in which we had entered... We were standing looking and admiring the different articles when a young mother and her child came in. The mother must have been in her middle 20s, and the kid couldn't have been over three. She was a beautiful child, and I couldn't resist talking to her. Well, when I walked over to her, she shied away from me and clung to her mother as though I was a monster. I'm sure it wasn't because she was shy, but rather she was afraid of my uniform. I truly believe that this was a remnant of the German regime, and I couldn't help but feeling sorry for her. You can imagine what an awful fear must be instilled in her mind. And now for the humor. This will give you a fair idea of how the French live, besides maybe a good laugh as it did me. In one of the many bars in town, we found the women and men using the same washroom, and there was no lock on the door. At times, both sexes were in there at the same time. I know this is hard to believe, as it is surely something you have to see. Take my word for it, I saw it. This combat life isn't bad at all. I'm living very comfortably and warm. We have swell barracks with seven men to a room. Besides my pilot and co-pilot, there is a captain, two first lieutenants, and another second lieutenant. These fellows have been here for quite some time and are swell guys. We have the room fixed up nice since we're free to do whatever we wish with them. One really has to be an amateur carpenter and electrician to get along okay. You should see the swell closet and bed I built. It's much nicer than I ever had in the States. The food is good and plentiful, but my only trouble is getting hungry between meals. Here it isn't like it is in the States where you can go down to the PX and get a sandwich. Here you must wait until the next meal. So far I have been sleeping so much I don't give myself much time to get hungry. It's a lazy life. We have a swell radio in the room, which is a godsend. We get swell programs recorded from the states. And right now, Bing Crosby is on command performances. All my evenings are spent listening to it and playing bridge. Six of us have started a bridge tournament, and so far, I'm on the plus side. My game isn't bad at all, considering the short time I've been playing. I can't wait to get home to play with you. You had better give up your gin game and practice bridge, or I'll trim your pants. There is no more news. The mud is still knee-deep. I hope you're taking care of yourselves. If I remember correctly, Leona should be due any time now. I sincerely hope everything goes well, and of course, I'll be eager to know what it is. I know you'll be there, so please let me know as soon as you can. In the meantime, please keep writing, and... Maybe the mail will arrive soon. I hope so. Love to Ida. I love you and miss you. Stan. Our hero, the Silver King, is beginning to get into the flow of his bomb group, the setting he lives in and the good joes he shares his days with. His five-page letter, along with describing his setting, expresses his concern about how the family's doing, and, of course, his sister Leona is expecting her second child any moment, and he wants to know what's going on, as he writes to his family on October 22, 1944. Dearest ones, True enough, today is Sunday, although it could well be any day in the week. It's a far cry from anything like it used to be in the States, Here, one day is like all the others, and time is more or less counted in months, or maybe in leaves. Each crew gets a 48-hour leave to go to Paris about every four or five weeks. I'm eagerly looking forward to mine, as of course I'm curious to see what the place is like. You can be assured I'll have plenty to tell after I do see it. The weather is still wet, and naturally, I'm way ahead on my sleep. Yesterday, I received some good news, which I forgot to mention in my letter. I was told our crew will be intact throughout our tour over here. This is very unusual, as most of the preceding crews have been split and separated. It was quite a relief to know Festi will remain as my pilot. We've been together for so long— We're almost like brothers. There isn't an awful lot I can write about, and it's especially difficult to write day after day without receiving any answers. But I suppose you are finding the same trouble. The mail comes in tomorrow. I pray to God there is some word from you. I'm sort of keeping my fingers crossed. It shouldn't take over eight days to get mail from you, and I should hear from you soon. Now that you have my permanent APO, God only knows when my backmail will catch up with me. Which reminds me, none of my baggage has been delivered yet. All I have is what I brought with me, which isn't much. Sometimes I marvel at how the army operates at all. They seem to screw up so often. However, I suppose I shouldn't complain because I do have things so easy. I'm feeling great and living the life of Riley. After all, it isn't many people that have champagne to drink every night. This is Mums, 1937, 2. Are you jealous? I do hope you're well and taking care of yourselves. Please keep writing and I'll do the same. Love to Ida. I love you and miss you. Stan. As our hero, the king, waits on his baggage and drinks champagne, We are finishing the first group of his letters in October of 1944 from A72, and you are listening to The Silver King's War.